the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Some days you feel like you need another cup of coffee just to get going. Those are what this is one of those days. Not a lot happening on Wall Street after the S&P 500 recently hit a high. Uh, not a high. A new bull market kind of territory. Yeah, I guess a, a yearly high, annual high. It's worthy of note that sometimes there is a pause when you take out milestones. Yesterday, once again, as has been the theme recently, the Russell 2000 outperformed growth stocks. Oh, I hate quoting other people, but Jim Cramer says there's a bull market somewhere. We just got to find it. And it may not be in the NASDAQ. NASDAQ was down 1.2% yesterday, but the Russell 2000, little teeny tiny small cap companies in the United States outperformed up one and a half percent. That is really, really good news. Now, again, I know you're saying you're a Pollyanna, Rob. You're spinning this positively. I'm not. The Nasdaq's up over 20% for the year. It's done its job. Take a break. Go chill. Grab a cup of coffee. Let the small caps come along for the ride. S&P 500's in a good place. It's not great. It's very good, though. So on a day-by-day basis, one of the reasons I don't like looking at the market on a day-by-day basis is if you don't look for the message of the markets, you miss it. So the NASDAQ was down. The Russell 2000 was up. SP 500 was down fractionally, down one-third of 1%. I'm okay with people taking some gains, cha-ching, hitting the cash register, cha-ching, and saying, what am I going to do with this large cap tech money? Put it into some small cap. I'm okay with that. Okay. But now again, do I think you should do that? I think you should do what you should do. Consult a broker advisor for taking action on any ideas on this show. The U.S. is likely to stay smoky for days. It's like a pack of cigarettes, right? If you do turn on national news, you've probably noticed that California had wildfires in the past few years. And it was gross. Couldn't send your kids out to play. Schools canceled PE in the yards. Now the East Coast gets it. And I don't want to say you're welcome. But you do kind of get the feeling of we've been through this. Now you get to see what it's like. Breathing is supposed to stay rough today in many already badly smog parts of the Northeast. And it's hazy for New York. Now Again, you think of New York as the northern part of the United States, right? Pennsylvania, you're still pretty high north. It's above the Mason-Dixon line. Washington, D.C., you're like, ooh, that's the Mason-Dixon line. That's right there. So you're starting to see it, it creep with toxic air. Um, stay inside. Keep windows and doors shut. Get a good air filter for your home. Potentially inv- invest in a home air filter in your home. We will get through this. 
Let's talk about some headlines yesterday. Chris licked out at CNN. I'm going to be honest with you. I really think he did a mediocre job as far as trying to shake things up. CNN's been a mess. It's been a mess. If you take a look at the last 20 years, you know, when you start talking about Anthony Bourdain on CNN, you're like, is that CNN? Is that a news network? Now, let's go back to the 1980s. Ted Turner. Woo, cowboy. I'm a cowboy. I'm Ted Turner. Um, and he started CNN, and the dude was a nut. He lost a lot of money. He put 24-hour news on cable. That's a nutty thing to do. And then he started CNN, too. He started CNN World. Um, he, he just kind of kept going, even though all of his advisors had stopped. Now the question is, would Ted Turner's ideas work? And the answer is no. Cable's just not that important. And news has become politicized to the point that it's divided the audience. I remember when CNN was a, a destination. Something happened in the world, you you turn on CNN. I can't even remember how many years ago this was. I'm guessing 20. There was a big, big, big um, uh, tsunami on Christmas Day in the Indian Ocean. And it was global news. And I remember turning it on and going, ooh, that's crazy. Seeing the coverage. I, I don't remember the last time I really turned on CNN minus 9-11. I, it hasn't been a point. Well, maybe elections, maybe elections. And again, now with elections, you turn on the station that you like the candidate from MSNBC if you're liberal. Fox if you're uh, Republican, conservative. I, I guess CNN was in the middle and it, they're just hemorrhaging eyeballs. And that's why we talk about TikTok. It's the number of eyeballs. It's why we talk about Meta. It's the number of eyeballs on Facebook. Netflix, we're talking about how many people are streaming what shows. It's the number of eyeballs. Prosecutors have told Trump he's a target. Former President Donald Trump's lawyers have received a letter from the federal prosecutors informing them that he is the target of an investigation into his handling of classified documents after he left office, signaling that an indictment is near. I'm not sure what kind of catalyst this is going to be. Could it hit the markets? I don't think so, but I'm throwing it out there for you. Lionel Messi is coming to Miami. Woohoo, he's going to wear pink. Um, I think this is good. Instead of going to Saudi Arabia and taking in $400 million, he's coming to the MLS where he'll still be a shining athlete because the quality of soccer is lower than it is in Europe. In addition to a salary, Messi will take a cut of the revenue from new subscribers to Apple's MLS season pass. Wait, wait, what? That's a profit-sharing agreement between him and Adidas that is in the works as well. He's going to get a cut of Apple's MLS season pass. Yeah. Um, I like watching Messi, and instead of tuning in European time, I can now tune in in U.S. time. I get it. <laughs> Apple has the basically cable rights oh man did i just say cable rights yeah i just said cable rights because i can't figure out what to call it streaming rights doesn't sound right but it is 
So the MLS has secured the biggest name in sports. This is a big win for Apple. Again, ticket sales for the inner Miami and the LFC match on September 3rd jumped from $81 to $422. I think this is win-win for, and who owns um, Miami MLS team? Beckham. Interesting, right? Oh, the things we do in this world. Let's take a look at today. Oh, the jobs report. And, uh, not the jobs report. The first-time unemployment jobs. You've been fired. Now go claim unemployment. That's the weekly Thursday installment of initial jobless and continuing claims. The takeaway is that there's a bump in initial claims, which is connoting some softening in the labor market. Um. But is it enough for the Fed to like and go, oh, the, the labor market's getting a little bit softer? Initial claims, which are a leading indicator, hit their highest level since November of 2021. So 261,000. It's still a very, very healthy number. You don't look at recessions until you're starting north of 350,000, 370,000. First time unemployment claims, because we automatically create jobs in this country. 30. We create babies, we create schools, we create jobs. So the jobless number, eh, I'm not going to say it's mixed. It's a little softening, for sure. It's a little softening. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I got a Python portfolio event coming up at the end of May. Learn more about it at robblackshow.com. It's in San Carlos on the peninsula. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I am not a big fan of Celebrity Watch. I just honestly don't have time for it, nor do I find it intriguing. Don't much care about what Kim Kardashian is doing or has done. I care about money. It's my passion. It's my weird uh, thing. I guess coming from a middle-class family, my pursuit was always to retire early and, and not work till the day I died. I think we all have something like that in us. Find what makes you happy. I'm very, very lucky that I get to do this. And it's a privilege, honestly, to talk to you on a daily basis. Sometimes I scratch my head at stories. Get this one. <clears throat> this is one that has me a head scratch. Uber can coordinate your ride home or make your favorite fast food appear at your door. But now Uber is wanting to offer drivers a way to rent a car from you, their neighbor. Uber set to bring Uber car share to Boston and Toronto. The product, which initially launched in Australia, Australia, allows people to borrow vehicles from private car owners for a set amount of hours. There is the kind of a time when Elon Musk used to talk about robo taxis. And if you own a Tesla and let's say you're at work, people could use your Tesla. They could order it. It would self-drive itself to them. It would take them to their destination. It would drive right back to your office. And cha-ching, you made a little bit of money. Still hasn't happened, Elon. Oh, and I heard someone totally diss Elon. <laughs> it was a funny kind of diss. He's a genius. The quote was something along the lines of, he's a genius, but you can't be a genius at everything. 
That's that sounds about right. Would you let someone borrow your car? Think about you know, the bag of McDonald's in the back seat that you find later that day. Or they get into a wreck. I don't know. I, this is one that I, it's a head scratcher to me, like I said. Car shares expansion in the United. But again, this is a wildly different thing where I'm not young anymore. I talked to a 35-year-old man yesterday who doesn't have a car and he just bikes places. And he's a soccer coach. And ultimately, he says it's it's good workout and you know he doesn't like he doesn't afford the gas. Like he doesn't have to pay for it. Or the car. Or the insurance. I had to up my uh, umbrella insurance yesterday and I had to, you know, let them know where my cars were and how often they're driven. And he doesn't have any of that. And that's kind of nice. But I'm like, what's it like not having a car? I grew up years ago in the 80s and 90s where a car was a ticket out of mom and dad's. A car was a ticket to concert. A car was a ticket like uh, me and my buddies on the weekend would go skiing. That's what a car was to me. And if you had one, you were like, hey, guys, you come in my car. You were the cool guy. And he doesn't care. The guy I talked to yesterday. But I, I think he's the exception of the rule, except for does Uber's car share have life that I don't understand? Car share's expansion in the United States was one of the new features announced yesterday at Go Get Zero. That's a big sustainability product event in London that focuses on how Uber is working to fill its goal of becoming a zero emissions platform by 2040. Uber has not yet announced when its car share product will be made available in Boston and Toronto, but said the launch date and additional details will be revealed soon. The peer-to-peer car sharing industry. It includes companies already like Turo. Boost in 2021. When there was a rental car shortage, market size was estimated at 1.6 million uh, in 2021. It's expected to reach 7.2 million in 2030. That's not a lot of money. But would you car share if it lowered the cost of your car? Again, this is sometimes you you try to figure out the masses. And for the record, I love Uber as a stock. They are recently profitable, and I find that very attractive in the short term and medium term as an investment. Uber has an unprecedented, and you can read between the lines whatever you want. Always consult the broker advisor for taking action on any actions mentioned on the show. Uber has an unprecedented ability to bring car sharing to the mainstream because they have the app. And 10 years ago, I'm going to say roughly 10 years ago, when we all took our first Uber ride and then we got into Lyft and the media, financial media was reporting Uber's competing with Lyft and Lyft is competing with Uber and they're offering drivers extra money and uh, better pay rates than each other. We are like, I wonder who's going to win. I wonder who's going to win. I wonder who's going to win. Uber won. So Uber to dip their toes in the car sharing space. It's interesting. I am not excited yet. I like what Uber does elsewhere. How does car sharing work is a great question. I know you. someone just asked that. Uber aims to have several hundred vehicles listed to it in Boston and Toronto. Drivers will be able to pick up and return the vehicle through the Uber app. Car availability will be listed in 15-minute increments, and there are no requirements for how far in advance drivers will need to look. Uber car share is separate from Uber rent. 
which lets users rent cars from providers like Hertz and Uber app. How much does Uber car share cost? Uber is going to suggest price to car owners who will set their vehicle's availability and final pricing. Pricing will vary based on location, time, and vehicle type and age. Again, I don't feel like this is a breakthrough, but it's interesting. I'll file it in the file it away in the back of my head. We'll come back to that one. Ukraine dam collapse rattled the wheat market. Should consumers worry? The spike in global wheat prices recently came after a major dam collapse in southern Ukraine. Ukraine is known as the breadbasket of the world because they grow a lot of wheat as farmers. Will it become an issue? The southern Ukraine region where the dam collapsed is home to a massive agricultural field, but it also serves as a front line in Russia's war in Ukraine. That means Ukraine has planted less wheat in that area since the war began in 2022. Some production will be lost, but it's not going to be material to the world balance sheet. No one will be hoarding bread anytime soon, according to the analysts that I'm researching. Wheat costs are still down 20% from this time last year. Rebuilding the dam will take years, which could endanger crops in the region and hinder Ukraine's ability to handle floods in the breadbasket. The war's impact on Ukrainian agricultural exports, punctuated by the dam collapse, has also put question marks on the viability of exports from the Black Sea Corridor. Huh. Dirty. Here's here's how I'm going to end this segment today. Wouldn't it be nice if this whole Russia-Ukraine thing just ended? If... If... If only it would, right? Uh, follow the show at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Follow CFP Chad Burton on app platforms. Find his show, New Focus on Wealth. It's New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. So this segment, I could talk about how Reels is kind of, kind of flattening TikTok as far as growth. I don't want to. I I'm not there today. I'm not having a bad day. I'm just having an off day. Uh, I look at TikTok and I, I see influencers and it, it kind of makes me feel like a mouse crawled into my mouth and died. But before he died, he threw up in my mouth and then he died. When I talk about influencers, and I guess I'm an influencer in a weird kind of way, a really old one. Trying to get you to consider a financial planner, trying to get you to consider funding your retirement, get you to retirement, kind of give you some hints, tips, and tricks to get there. But I just don't want to talk TikTok and Reels right now. Maybe I'll do that on television today. Guess I feel a little grumpy too. Thirty-two uh, percent of Americans trust social media for money advice. And there is a thing called financial influencers. And they actually have a a, a tick, uh, a very TikTok-y kind of name. Finfluencers. I really like a show on podcast called Money with Katie. Never met her, never talked to her. I just think she does a really nice job. 
if you're looking for organization structure in your show and not necessarily daily news, she's the woman for you. At least give it up one shot once, in my opinion. Now, typically, a Finfluencer is not a licensed professional, a licensed investment advisor. I was a registered investment advisor, and I gave up that accreditation because I felt to get on media and talk to you, I, I didn't really want to be trying to sell you something. Finfluencers often find their influential power in entertainment value. There's plenty of bad advice out there on social media. Trust me. Um, I'm okay with you trying to figure out what works for you. Um, and I agree with the idea of start an emergency fund, get three to six months of income in it. You may lose your job and you may need to live off of it. You will never use that emergency fund for television or a trip to Mexico. Eight easy steps to get your emergency fund started. If that's the Finfluencer that gets you going, ooh, I'm okay with that. Same message. But I'd be really, really cautious on who's giving you the message. Um... Adding a team to your credit card as an authorized user is, is lovely. I once in my 20s added myself to a friend's car application. She had gotten into a collision. Her parents were angry at her. Her parents wanted to teach her a lesson. And they said, we're not going to get you a new car. We're not going to co-sign for you. And Toyota or whoever it was said, we need a co-signer. And because I had a crush on her, I said, I'll co-sign. Um, I didn't marry her. It's a pretty stupid thing to do. It's not something I'd recommend doing. Because she was at a point where she wasn't exactly financially settled. And I was at the point where I was, you know, starting a company and I needed a good credit score so that I can get an apartment. I needed a good credit score so I can get my first mortgage. I needed a good credit score for job applications. For I needed a good credit score in case someone wanted to look up, should I rent to Rob or should I rent to Jason? Well, Rob has a credit score of 850. He's perfect. He's he's woohoo. Jason's got a credit score of 650, he's not so perfect. Guess who's going to get the apartment more often than not? So I'm a little leery on Finfluencers saying things like, it's okay to add your team to a credit card as an authorized user. And, and I think that that's lovely if your kid's responsible or if you're going to be responsible for their potential debts. Some people don't know what they're signing up for. If you set up your teenager with a credit card as an authorized user to set them up for credit score success, they might get ahead. They may start getting a credit history and their friends, uh, parents don't do that for them. And my son's better than your son because he's got a better credit score. That's the stupid world we live in. But if my son goes out and how shall we say has a, 
addiction to racking up credit charges on stupid things like video games. Ooh, a loot box. I'll take that. One ninety nine. Another loot box. I'll take that. I think the best uh, story I ever heard about someone running up their credit card, their parents' credit card, was a six year old girl who had a pony app on her iPad, and she charged up over five thousand dollars in enhancements to her pony. And something just makes me smile on that one. But again, be careful who you add to your credit card. Be careful who you vouch for. If I can go back in time, I would tell the girl I had a crush on Amy. I'm like, hey, Amy, I, I really have a crush on you. I really, really want to have a relationship with you. But putting my social security number on your credit app probably is not the best idea. Unless, of course, you must marry me. <laughs> Put like some sort of strange ultimatum on her. Man, when you're 21, 22 years old, your head is just in crazy land, right? Um, I believe that timing the market is not important. I believe that time in the market is important. So this week I was telling you that mega cap tech is taking a bit of a breather. It's underperforming, but small cap stocks in the United States are outperforming. And I really, really like that because I have some small cap stocks in my 401k that I've looked at the last couple of years ago. Should I give up one of these? I have a Russell 2000 ETF index. I'm like, should I give up on this? And the time in the market, I kept buying low, kept and it stayed low. And I bought some more low every two weeks of my 401k and I bought more low. And I'm like, should I give up? Should I give up? And this week, I just see market outperformance everywhere in small cap companies. And it's nice to see that portion of my pie doing well in my 401k. Now, my 401k may go down this week because it's overweighted towards large cap companies. But the portion that is 15% in small cap companies is going to outperform this week. And hopefully, it can hold that performance because large cap has done fantastic this year. In the end, this is what I call the horse race. And the way I look at it is very linear left to right. Okay. So look at your look in front of you and you see the nine horses on the left. And let's call the one horse large cap growth. And then let's call one horse large cap value. Then you call one mid cap growth and call one mid cap value. Let's throw in a Turkish horse. No, no, not a Turkish horse. An international horse which represents companies that are international. You get a small cap growth and a small cap value. So what do we have now? Seven. Heck, let's throw in some uh, ETFs that are tied towards real estate investment trust, real estate. So we got real estate, we got international, we got small cap, mid cap, large cap, and two different flavors, growth and value. And then let's, what else should we throw in? Maybe a bond fund? Yeah, let's throw in a bond fund. So it's a nine horse race and they're off and they start on the left and let's call them different years, 2002, 2003, 2004, 2005, 2006, 2007. And some years, large cap growth is going to beat large cap value and it's going to thump small cap growth. And some years, small cap growth in international is going to thump large cap growth. 
And in the end, you just want your horses to go from left to right. And you know what's really funny about this analogy? I've never thought about it. Typically, the bonds and the real estate investment trust are considered slow prodders that are generating income in your portfolio. But I like them. I like them a lot. Um, once you get to the age of 50, 55, I, I really start focusing on the bottom two horses, the income generators or the value generate the value. So large cap value, mid cap value, small cap value, real estate investment trusts and bonds. And I'll even throw in because I'm wealthy, private equity and private loans. But that's only when you have a couple million dollars that you add those horses to your race. And if you could if you could do that and see that that horse race, if you could pick nine horses in your lifetime from 20 to, to 50, you're going to see the horses move from left to right historically. Yes, there will be years where, like 2022 where nothing works. I got a wackadoodle email yesterday from someone who uh, is really mad at the investment world for 2022. I'm like, what about 2021? What about 2023? And he's just mad because he had a lot of poor decisions that he kind of uh, cemented by selling. I didn't sell in 2022, did you? If you listen to this show, you probably didn't. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I hope that lesson worked for you on horses and investing. And if it didn't, I tried. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm going to enjoy a long weekend at some point. Not going to look at news on Saturday or Sunday. This week, we got Apple's Vision Pro headset. And I'm groaning a little bit, like $3,500, $4,000 with tax. For basically, TV on your head is the way I'm seeing it at this point in time. A glorious TV. Um, Apple's making a Tesla-like move with a premium price that'll eventually get the product into a lower price category. In the past, Apple has started with a high price and raised their prices for things like their phones. In 2007, Apple, the first iPhone was $499 for the four gigabyte model. You can get a good BlackBerry at the time for $200. Strategy is called price skimming, where a company sets an initial price of a product very high and then gradually lowers it. Apple knows that early adopters will pay. I've got friends that can't wait to get one. And what is redonkulous, and I use the word redonkulous because it's more than ridiculous. It's redonkulous. I remember, do you remember that little teeny tiny phase in our life a couple of years back, maybe 10 years, 3D televisions? Um, I had a friend who was a young woman who was dating and she was on Tinder and she was, she was all proud of the fact that she went on three dates on Valentine's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm like, you be careful. And she said, one of her dates invited her up to his apartment. And I'm like, ooh, risky to see his 3D television. And I'm like, that's his game. That's how he gets women interested in them. He, it's not a joke. It's not dressing nicely. It's not complimenting her. It's I have a 3D TV up on the third level, third floor. 
But I do know there's some people that are going to get the Apple headset in year one. The only way I would is I would keep it in the box forever and ever and ever and ever and never open it. And then hope in years down the road, people go, look at this big, bulky shoebox people used to put on their head. I want to pay a premium for an unboxed version of it. And I'm like, well, welcome. I have one. I'm not going to do it. But that's where my head goes. Can't believe I just told you that story about her. <laughs> she would she would have a mouse, mouse crawl into her mouth and die and then. Before it dies, it lives one last time and vomits, and then it dies again. She would hate that story. Anyhow, vessel buildup grows at the West Coast ports. This isn't a good story. Our supply chain was severely foobar in 2021, 2022, due to COVID and China zero policy. Due to some disasters in the Suez Canal, due to so like it was just a messed up time. Car companies had to shut down like, oh, we can't get uh, silver paint. So we're going to shut down our factory line until we get the silver paint arrives. Oh, can't get semiconductors. We got to shut everything down. We've been through supply chain disruption. So for me to hear the story today, I'm not very happy. I'm grumpy. Vessel buildup grows at West Coast Ports as maritime supply chain begins to break. Echoing the COVID crisis. It's just like, no, please, no. Can I just get three good months in a row? There have been delays in processing vessels at terminals within the port of Los Angeles and Long Beach. If you turn on Bloomberg Television or CNBC, they have a reporter standing out where truckers are being told to turn around. One shipping expert said the current vessel wait times are breaking normal and stressed maritime supply chains not seen since COVID peaking uh, back in the day. The Department of Transportation and the Biden administration are said to be closely watching the developments at West Coast ports as trade groups from retail to manufacturing warn of economic damage. And the Biden administration might have to step in. The executive director of the Port of Los Angeles said that the situation has improved, though cargo is not moving normally. I'm going to put that story on the back burner and hope it goes away. Because I don't need to start talking about, you better get your Christmas presents early because right now they're sitting out in the Pacific Ocean waiting to be unloaded. I'd prefer not to do that. Amazon, Amazon, Amazon is reportedly plotting an ad here for its Prime Video. This is kind of a nice little story. If you want to pay more for streaming services. Amazon's looking to further build its ad business and generate more revenue from entertainment. In recent years, Prime Video has gotten more aggressive about running promos prior to shows and including ad-filled sports broadcasts. If you watch their Thursday Night Football, it's literally like, oh, did you watch the fabulous Mrs. Maisel? Well, I just saw that big touchdown play. That makes me remind, remember that uh, Lord of the Rings now. If you want a Super Bowl ring, you got to watch Lord of the Rings on Amazon. It's just too much for me. Um, given all the developments right now, Amazon is going to be putting mid-roll and pre-roll in Prime Video programs. Not that big of a step. If streamers can be used advertising to make more money per user, that should be great for the consumer, right? Not necessarily. We've seen this playbook before with CEO Bob Iger out of Disney. Introducing ads can be a way for streaming services to continue to raise prices on ad-free offerings. This could be something that will 
be in the playbook of Amazon. Prime Video right now on its own is eight ninety nine a month, but some most people get it bundled with Amazon Prime membership, which runs fourteen ninety nine a month or one hundred thirty nine dollars a year. Amazon is discussing ways it can introduce ads in Prime Video. They're tinkering with the idea. One option would be to bring more advertising to existing Prime subscribers, and I, I feel like I'm already advertised out. You know, one of the worst things about like YouTube TV, um, they don't have the same commercials on ABC, NBC, CBS. They're spot time. They get spot time and they don't always fill it. So I have YouTube TV and sometimes I'll be watching like a sports uh, Giants game. And during the commercial breaks, there's a normal commercial, normal commercial. But then there's their commercial that's sitting empty because they didn't sell it. And you have to listen to annoying music. You start getting to the point where, man, that's repetitive. Speaking of Amazon, Bernstein wrote a letter to their CEO saying, you're doing too much, too many ideas. Focus on the best opportunities. Amazon has upside if their CEO can tighten the ship or straighten the ship or I don't know what's the right phrase. Focus, focus, focus. That's what I'm saying. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Join Rob Black in San Carlos Sunday, June 25th for Pints and Portfolios, a less formal event at a local watering hole for those close to retirement with 500000 or more in investable assets. Drop by Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 for a little sunshine, some financial chit-chat, and a complimentary portfolio review or financial snapshot from Ryan Ignacio, CFP from EP Wealth Advisors. Whether you're on the road to retirement or already there, this financial snapshot can provide you with a second opinion analysis of where you are and highlight areas for improvement and opportunities for growth. Go to robblackshow.com and click the events tab. Find Pints and Portfolios and click to register. You'll answer a few simple questions about your situation and your confirmation email will provide all the details on the event and how to schedule your portfolio review. Space is limited and registration is required, so go to robblackshow.com today. That's robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.